0: Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your hosts, Stephen, Stevie Ray Brown, and Brad, Bad News, Bollinger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Game On. Talking about your favorite sports and different parts of life. Might even get a little take on Lane Kiffin's wife. They tell you what to think and not afraid to take a stance. They'll give you the number of pleats in Charlie Weiss's pants. They're the game on guys, see sports through their eyes. Political correctness just up and dies.
1: Game On, Steve Braun, Brad Bollinger. Glad you can join us on another edition of Game On. You can find us numerous places Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. On Twitter, we're at Game On Guys, Facebook, Game On Pod, TikTok, Game On Pod as well. You can always email us at emailgameon at gmail.com, and our website is gameonguys.wordpress.com on the other end is my good buddy my friend Brad Bollinger
2: what is up Steve how are you doing i'm doing all right
1: doing okay um yeah we'll, we'll get to it you later sound a little hesitant we'll get to it later
2: <laughs> i've been looking forward I'm to i'm not
1: looking forward to the to the later half of this show. <laughs>
2: Fine i oh, being honest. Okay. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not feeling confident. I don't feel good about it. That's all I'm saying, Brad. <laughs> and the fact that well, you how just... how the get
2: turntables... T-
1: oh, how the turntables have tabled. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yep. All right. Well, on this edition of Game On, we're going to do our midseason awards for college football and the NFL. That means we'll give you our midseason Heisman selections. We'll do our updated college football playoff predictions. And then on the NFL side of things, we will do our NFL MVP for the midseason, comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, offensive and defensive rookies of the year, all of that as well. Our top three, going to be a fun one, I think, as well. We'll stay within the theme of October and Halloween. So stick around for that. And then we'll get our against the spread picks and, of course, fantasy football, where Brad is now 4-2 and two because he kicked my butt. And really, Joe Burrow destroyed. 39 points for yeah. Joe Burrow. Other than that, I mean, it's not like you, you like were blowing me away in other categories outside of tight end. So we'll get into all that as well later. But first, let's hop into it. College football and the midseason Heisman Trophy winner, in your mind, Brad, as you look across the landscape of the college football world. A lot of familiarity, some new faces as well amongst the top 25. Where do you go when you head to mid season Heisman at this point as we enter october twenty sixth and the final weekend of October?
2: Yeah, you know there's I feel like there's a handful of guys that you could make a strong argument for, but I have my selection, it's probably the favorite right now, but I feel like I just have to do it. I have to go with uh, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee is number three in the nation right now. They just came off a big victory against Alabama a couple weeks ago. Hooker has been out of this world. Um, He's got a 70% completion rate. He's got over 200 or I'm sorry, 2,400 yards, uh, 18 touchdown passes, two rushing and only one interception. And those turnovers are really a deciding factor in success. You know, um, he could have the 18 touchdown passes, but if he sprinkled in, you know, eight or nine interceptions with that, then they probably would have lost a couple of games by now. So he's taking care of the ball and he's making those explosive plays. Um, Those numbers that I just mentioned haven't been accomplished by a player in over 20 years in college football and you know I mentioned the victory against Alabama he came to play and when they needed him most he showed up uh, against that talented Alabama team he had five touchdowns and three helped lead the game winning drive um, for the game winning field goal and Knoxville went crazy so give me Hooker as the halfway point Heisman trophy winner
1: I am going to join you in that regard as well. I agree. I think Hendon Hooker has been the guy so far this season when it comes to college football. And if you're going to have to award a midseason Heisman, um, 2-0 versus top 25 teams are the Vols so far this season. In those games, Hendon Hooker has seven touchdown passes and just one interception. Pretty strong performances against top 25 teams. You throw in the fact as well, Brad, that when you go and look at what some of the other Heisman Trophy favorites have done in that regard, they haven't been able to match that. So in my mind, that alone stands out. Hey, Hendon Hooker has been able to to be impressive against top 25 teams when I don't think C.J. Stroud has even played a top 25 team. And then you look at what Bryce Young has done, and he is 0-1 against top 25 teams. So in that regard, I think that plays a big factor into it. You also add in Hooker's eighth in completion percentage. He's second in passing efficiency among D1 quarterbacks. He's 16th in passing yards, second in passing yards per completion, fifth in total offense for with 344 yards, and he's first in yards per pass attempt with 10.79. All of that in my mind, plays a huge role. And then, like you mentioned, his team is top three, right? And nobody had them in that spot preseason. Nobody thought they could do this. Two years ago, nobody for sure thought this would be possible. He, along with a lot that has been able to turn positive for Tennessee in the last two years, has them in that spot. But he has been a big factor in that and, for that reason, I would have to go with Hendon Hooker as well as my Heisman Trophy midseason award winner.
2: Right, and the interesting part is is that game against Alabama, they weren't really coming out of nowhere. They were a top-ten team at that point. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of expectations there, and they were at home. I think everybody thought that was a – you know, the measuring stick game for Tennessee this year is – are they real like, or is this just some, you know, uh, offensive fad? Uh, they can't really hang the points on the big boys and they defended the home field and made it one hell of a game and they got that win versus Alabama. And I think that's going to catapult them. Um, they just look like a good football team. I mean, you know, you, you look at Hooker, what Hooker's done, that's, that's one thing, but um, it's just been a complete team effort. Josh Hypel really has that crew going. Um, I do have – I want to mention my runner-up uh, okay. at this point. Yeah. I don't know. He might be a bit uh, lower on the list of a lot of people, but just straight-up eye test of, you know, importance to team. I have to mention Blake Corum out of Michigan. I feel like he's really um, – let the Wolverines be at a comfortable level that they're at right now. They're, they're a top five team. Uh, they're, they're at number four right now in the AP rankings. Uh, it seems like every time the Wolverines need a big play, it's Coram breaking off a big run. Um, he's seventh in the nation in rushing. We've got 901 rushing yards so far this year. Uh, it's working out to about 6.2 yards per carry. And through seven games, he's got 13 touchdowns. And, you know, there's been a number of those uh, 50-plus game-breaker type runs for him. So uh, I think he is vital to that Michigan team. And if they have any hopes of finally breaking through in the playoffs, uh, he's got to stay healthy and he's got to stay effective.
1: No doubt about it. All right, let's move to our updated college football predictions, college football playoff predictions, I should say. Who, when you look at what we had preseason or early in the season and now as we move into the final week of October, like I mentioned earlier, who do you have in your top four
2: heading into the college football playoff? Um, yeah, I think number one, you got to go with Georgia. Uh, we'll see if they get any tests, you know, the last few weeks of the season, but uh, they just look like the clear-cut number one team right now. Um, we have Ohio State at number two. Uh, I'm okay with that, even though they haven't really had much competition. The Big t- um, the Big Ten is really, really disappointing this year. You just feel like you're kind of on a collision course with Ohio State and Michigan, and everything leading up to that is kind of like, eh, we know what's going to happen here. So that's been a disappointment, but you can't deny the Buckeyes talent, C.J. Stroud leading the way. And those receivers, my God, uh, those receivers alone, I have to put them in the top four. So. Yeah. I don't really have a problem keeping them there, um, even though they haven't really uh, played against the best opponents. And yeah, I'm going to, man, I'm going to keep Tennessee in there as well. Um, They haven't really showed me anything to make me think differently. Um, They could stumble and, you know, encounter a loss towards the end of the regular season, but um, I don't see them losing more than one. Um, they're just far too talented. And then that last spot is really tricky. And, you know, looking at the schedules, that plays a big role in this, and mm-hmm. I'm just not scared of the remaining schedule of the TCU horn Frogs. I know they have games wow. against uh, Texas, and um, but it's just... I really love the way that Duggan is playing for them. Um, mm-hmm. I think they are a complete football team. I do believe that OK State blew that game against them and probably should mm-hmm. have won, but that's not what happened. And uh, I don't see TCU slipping up with their schedule. Um, you know, conference play, anything's possible, but as of right now, I, I, I just see them um, going the distance, and, you know. Big 12 championship could be interesting but hey if they're if they make it to the Big 12 championship and lose and only have one loss I mean it's hard to kind of keep them out of the top 4 you know yeah. it's it's one of those situations mm-hmm. especially if they don't get embarrassed in the championship game so it's hard to make an argument against them if they uh, take that route so that's what I'm I'm going with right now I don't hate that
1: I don't hate it I don't agree I don't I, I just don't see TCU due to their schedule, being able to to make that push. Um, But wilder things have happened, so I'm not going to discount it by any means. My top four, uh, I agree with you, Georgia. um, They do have the test against Tennessee, but I think even if they were to lose that and if they still won the SEC championship game, um, I think that would be a possibility. So... I think they're I think they're kinda in. I, I just don't see them slipping up against anybody else. They've got Florida this week, Tennessee next week, go at Mississippi State, then they go to Kentucky and wrap things up against a, a Georgia Tech team at home. Um, I just don't see there being two slip ups through that. Um, Ohio State, you mentioned Big Ten has been bleh and uh really Ohio State hasn't been tested. Um Everybody would say, oh, Notre Dame, but we've seen what Notre Dame is. So looking at that, they have a big test this weekend at Penn State, who's ranked number 13th 13. We'll see what happens there. The next test would be against Michigan um, at the end of the season. I think that could probably decide who gets in, but uh, with the way that Ohio State has been and, and, like you mentioned, the off the wide receivers they have, the offense that they have, um, going to be tough for anybody to beat them. And uh I I just think they'll be able to to push in. Clemson would be my next one. Um, mm-hmm. I think where they're sitting currently in the top 25, um, they face at, they go to Notre Dame this week. They play Louisville, Miami of Florida, and then they wrap things up against South Carolina. So only four games remain for the Tigers. Um, I don't see them slipping up against any of those. You could see a South Carolina team that could potentially be in the top 15 at that point, depending on how their season rolls. Um, so you could, you could have a big win at the end of the year for Clemson. Um, that in my mind pushes them into the uh, college football playoff.
2: And then I'm going to go to I am really worried about Clemson's quarterback situation. I feel like they're playing with fire. I'm um, having I, the I do come in and bail them out of some games. Um, the good thing that they have going for them, sorry to interrupt you, but no. um, you know the remaining games, we, we mentioned Notre Dame. It's at Notre Dame, but after that, the last three games are at home, yes. and we know how big of a home-field advantage they have uh, there. So they do have that going for them, but if you play with fire too much, you're going to get burned, and that's why I had to stay away.
1: Oh, I, I don't disagree, but I, I have a feeling that getting burned might be in the, in the college football playoff in that Mm -hmm. semifinal contest where it could just be completely ugly in that game. Um, My fourth team, I'm going to go with your suggestion as well. Tennessee, I just think the Vols, the way they're playing, even if they lose to Georgia, um, looking at the rest of their schedule, they play Kentucky this week, Mizzou later – or play at Georgia, then Mizzou, at South Carolina, and at Vandy. Uh, Mizzou and Vandy should be two – Fairly easy win. South Carolina should be a win, but again, that could be a top 25 or even higher team at that point. Uh, Georgia, we know where they are, and then Kentucky is still a top 25 team. So wins in that schedule will definitely continue to bolster their resume uh, to where it will be difficult even with just one loss uh, to keep the Vols out. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, if USC makes a push in there um, you mentioned TCU wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. And then of course, Michigan and Alabama as well, uh, depending on how things play out. I think both of those could, could get in as well, but my four would be Ohio state, Georgia, Clemson, and Tennessee. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> you know, it's the fun thing about this season is there's nothing really that would be I don't know. Super surprising, I guess. I feel like it's a lot more even playing field than it has been in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Georgia. I think everyone is kind of thinking they're the favorite, but still, even Georgia. I mean, they've looked mortal at points this season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just ask know, Missouri. I, 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 yeah, I mean, Kent State. Yeah, Kent State held held their First own half. against them. Yeah, in, you know. If you can get, like, a Tennessee matched up against Georgia, mm-hmm. I mean, that's when it really gets interesting. So um, yes. it's going to be entertaining. Yep.
1: I mean, you could even see, like, a, a Mississippi State somehow, Mike Leach, just finding something that works out of nowhere and putting up 28 points real quick on a Georgia to make it interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just Kentucky just it being an ugly slugfest and going into the fourth quarter, Kentucky's up fourteen to ten. I mean, it's just right. you wouldn't be shocked by any of that, just the way this season's gone.
2: It's those situations where the underdog just kinda hangs around and hangs around and then it gets to the fourth quarter and you're like, This is still a one possession game and that's kinda when those upsets happen.
1: Yep. And you almost saw it with Missouri. I mean, it nearly mm-hmm. happened. So All right, let's move to the NFL and uh some of the mid season individual player awards. Let's start off with The MVP. Who would you give the MVP to here at close to midseason? We've wrapped up week seven of a seventeen-week schedule.
2: I'm going with quarterback Josh Allen from Buffalo. I know that's kind of you know the chalk pick here, but
1: did you get my notes?
2: (laughs) Doesn't feel good, does it? But. You just look, it's the eye test, and the Buffalo Bills just look like they are it. They look like they are the team to beat this year. I know the Chiefs are always going to be there. Um, they had a great game uh, a couple weeks ago, but when Josh Allen takes over, I uh, he seems to be at that point now where uh, when he wants it, he can take it. And that's that's when you know you have the the guy. So... I like Josh Allen here. Um, he's fifth in the league in passing yards right now, just under two thousand. Uh, he's got 17 touchdowns, which is second in the league. He's only got four interceptions, uh, tied for 13th. Um, you know, he's the second-ranked QBR, and you know he throws in 257 rushing yards, um, about 5.7 yards per carry, and two touchdowns rushing as well. So he can kill you through the air and on the ground. He will run you over. He doesn't care if it's a linebacker or a safety. Uh, he will destroy them all the same. And Buffalo, if they can get home field advantage up there in the deep north, um, I think it's going to be hard to go in and beat them there in the playoffs. So I like Josh Allen here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Josh Allen and all the points that you made. I will add he is second in expected points added per drop back at three point at three zero and he is also third in passer rating at 109.1. He's just been very impressive so far this season, and uh, despite the loss to the Dolphins earlier this year, uh, it's just like you mentioned, the the Bills are rolling. Um, So much success, and he has been a massive part of that success for them so far this season. Let's jump over to NFL comeback player, Of the year. I'm going to go with uh, Geno Smith on this one. Mm. Seahawks quarterback, uh, currently seventh in passing yards, has the Seahawks leading the NFC West. um, After the loss of the trade of Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, I think a lot of people thought um, A, that Drew Locke might be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, that Geno may not even beat out Locke. He did, he's had success. Um, has been able to to be efficient and uh, has shown what a a savvy veteran like he is that's been in the league for as long as he has now um, played in a couple different systems um, just to to be able to, to come in and use what he's seen as a backup for so many years now and take over a starting job and just be efficient and go out and and complete passes that you expect a guy that's been in the league that long to do and and I just think the comeback player of the year is typically such a great story line too and and for him, it is a great story, mostly because of Russell Wilson leaving, but how he started out with the Jets and didn't have a ton of success, bounced around and now is in a place that has a, such a crazy fan base. I, I just think that storyline in and of itself is enough for, for him to be the comeback player of the year.
2: Yeah. I, I love that pick. I really do. And it's extra entertaining because of how um, ineffective Russell Wilson has been in Denver as well. I think that adds to the storyline and, this is the Geno Smith I think a lot of people expected coming out of West Virginia all those years ago. Um, we always knew he had the talent. He had the capability. Um, there was just something that needed to click. And after all these years and, you know, all the things he's seen, it looks like it's finally clicking. And it's, it is a fantastic story. I don't know anyone that's not happy for him, you know. Um, so it's, it's a really cool story. I am going, actually, with um, Saqu- uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, yeah. New York Alliance. You know, Barkley is a special story because we all knew that he could be a generational talent. He's just a freak of nature. Uh, Coming out of Penn State, we had high expectations for him, and he has just faced injury after injury. And he kind of was in that CMC category of, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy for an entire year.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Will we ever see, you know, the prime Saquon Barkley again, and he has come back with a vengeance this year. He's first in attempts, um, which says a lot about how they feel about Saquon Barkley. Because you would think they might play it safe with him, uh, maybe split some reps with the backups, but he's first in the entire league in uh, rushing attempts, which which is really telling to me. Um, he's second in yards, seven hundred twenty-six, and he's added four touchdowns this year, and. Um, I just really enjoy that story of that team, too. The New York Giants are 6-1. and one. I mean, what the hell is going on there? Daniel Jones <laughs> is leading a team to 6-1 and one record right now. Um, you, I think that just kind of shows the difference that Saquon Barkley can make when he's healthy. So give me Barkley on Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year, I have – micah parsons from the dallas cowboys yep. these stats don't really jump off the screen at you um, but the game film does offenses have to game plan their entire scheme around what number 11 is doing on the field he is a game changer he is a generational talent just like saquon barkley he's one of those rare guys that you know the aaron donald types that they can wreck havoc re- Um, he's tied for second in the league right now in sacks. He's got seven, um, tied in fifth and forced fumbles. Uh, he's got two of those and all the double teams he faces, all the special, uh, chip blocking and extra, extra tricks that the offense needs to, um, pit against him. It's just amazing to watch. Uh, if, if you ever want to watch, you know, a guy on defense, um, Game film, I, I highly recommend watching Micah Parsons.
1: I I, I have the same exact pick. Defensive player of the year at midseason is Micah Parsons in my mind for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. I, I will add he's he's the rare player that you can put him at defensive end. You can put him at linebacker. You could probably put him at safety even, and he would succeed. Um, it, it's just amazing to watch him play. Um and he doesn't have a ton of statistics when it comes to tackles and things like that because of the versatility versatility that he brings to the field, but also just the way that offenses have to attack him as well. So uh, I agree with Micah Parsons, and that was my pick as well for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with Saquon. With the Giants, uh, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, um, a offense that has been lacking at wide receiver this season, he has nearly 17% of the target share in the Giants' passing offense. Um, when it comes to carries, he has 61% of the carries for the Giants as well. You mentioned they're 6-1, and one, second in the NFC East uh, behind the Eagles. They face the Commanders twice. On their remaining schedule. They also have the Lions and the Colts on there. Then you throw in some tougher games. Still have to face the Eagles twice. The Vikings. They go to Dallas. And they also face the Seahawks. But what Saquon has done. Coming back from the injuries. Like you mentioned. Proves everything that everyone expected out of him. Entering the NFL. A few years back. And uh, he is paying off especially after some setbacks due to different injuries and uh, some incompetent coaching as well. I know you could uh, agree to that as well, uh, just for how the Giants have been coached in recent years. Ben McAdoo. Yes. And I was thinking also <clears throat> of Jason Garrett.
2: Yes. Oh, my God. Also That's Jason the offensive coordinator. That's quite the duo, isn't it? Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. And – it's. I know, mean, they had a special teams coordinator these... as their head coach. Uh, or
1: no, he, I don't even know if he was a special teams coordinator, and I can't think of his uh, judge, Joe Judge. They they just they were like, who's a who who on the Patriots staff will come coach for us, be the head coach, and Joe Judge was like, sure, you want to pay me how much, I'll come. And it didn't work. It didn't work. Which it typically doesn't seem to work with former Patriot assistant coaches as your head coach. Looking at you. Old Josh oh what's his name? I drawn a blank now with the Raiders. Josh McDaniel. Matt Patricia didn't work out. Flores was meh. He's probably the most successful. Charlie Wise with University of Kansas. Wow. Might be the second most successful Bill O'Brien before he became the GM. That's all I got. <laughs>
0: That's
1: all I got, Brad.
2: That's impressive.
1: Thanks. <laughs> I've got a lot of useless knowledge up in my head. Right? I know. You, you can introduce me to somebody, and I won't remember their name, but I'll pull oh, out Bill O'Brien no. and Charlie Weiss with the University <laughs> yeah. of Kansas.
2: Well, hey, anyways, our intro song talks about Charlie Weiss's pleats in his pants. Yes, so. it does. It does indeed. That says it all, you know? It really does. Uh, Full circle. Offensive player of the year? Is that what we're on? Yeah,
1: we're on offensive player of the year. Okay. <laughs> that or Charlie Weiss's pleats. Whichever <laughs> one you want to go with.
2: Or Lane Kiffin's wife.
1: I won't judge. Um, no, he's his ex-wife now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been around a while, you know. A little bit. Um, you I've more got than an Interesting some. choice. I've got an interesting choice here for offensive <laughs> player of the year. Um, it's been an interesting year for this team, but I cannot deny what I've been seeing out of Tyreek Hill, a Miami Dolphins, Ooh. Uh, leaving possibly the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes and heading down down to Miami, uh, to to team up with Tua Tagovailoa. Tyreek Hill, all he's managed to do is lead the league in catches at 57, which is on pace for 138 this year. Uh, If you just think about that for a second. On pace guy. That's just unheard of, unheard of. Um, To put it in perspective, the second-place guy, he's ahead of him in catches by eight. And the second-place guy in yards, he's ahead of him by 117. Uh, we're only, you know, seven g- games in right now, mm-hmm. uh, and he is just putting up gaudy numbers. I, um, I, I think if Tua can stay healthy, that's going to be a really entertaining team with Hill and Waddle. Um, I just, I love watching Tyreek Hill play. He looks like he is playing at a different speed. He looks like he is a grown adult playing against high schoolers sometimes. Like one of those mascots going up against the the
1: junior kids at halftime.
2: That's what it looks like. Sorry to interrupt. Um, Somehow, you know, this might be. People might argue this point that I'm about to make, but I don't think we have appreciated Tyreek Hill enough in his career. Um, I'm not sure we've seen many people like him, if any, uh, in history just his ability, his pure speed. Um but he's not just a speed guy, you know. He he does so many things well and um I I I don't know. He he's just a game changer for me and these stats he's putting up this year with Tua as his quarterback. Give me Tyreek Hill for offensive player of the year.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. A name that uh, I I don't think would is going to be mentioned a ton for that award and probably should be. So, nicely done there. Real quick, let's just name them. Not a whole lot of adding to it, but unless you want to. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. And then NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback of the Jets. Sauce with 12 pass breakups is first among NFL players prior to this Monday night's game. Um, And then Kenneth Walker... Already been impressive as he took over the lead running back spot for the Seahawks after the injury to Rashad Penny. So uh, those would be my offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year selections.
2: Okay, yeah, offensive rookie of the year. I have uh, Damian Pierce out mm-hmm. of Houston. Um, I just think he's extra impressive because he is the focal point of that offense uh, in his first year, and he's sixth in the league in yards right now. Uh, everyone knows he's getting the ball but he's still finding success on a a below average team. I think they're competitive. I I don't think they're a joke like they have been in the past years, but it's just impressive to see what he's doing. And defensive rookie of the year, I think you got to go with Sauce Gardner. Um, He's only allowed 151 yards uh, on 43 plays as a primary defender in coverage. Um, He's number two in the league in forced incompletions, and you can just tell he's a difference maker. So I agree with you there.
0: From his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, match. He did the, monster, match. the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did
1: the match. It on in a flash. All right, it's time for our top three, and Halloween, a little less than a week away, we've decided to go our top three Halloween. Candies. Isn't that right, Brad?
2: That is right. Uh kind of inspired by Dan Arlovsky's yet another terrible take from him, so um, On food. I thought this would be a good list to make.
1: He has terrible takes when it comes to food.
2: Yeah, he really does. Like his Well you look at him and you're like, uh you're not the best judge of food, you know. <laughs> He's he looks he's like he's on gaunt. that like t- on that Tom Brady he's a little gaunt, yeah, he gets a little off balance and runs out of the back of the end zone.
1: whoa, ouch, all right, top three Halloween candy let's start from three and work our way to one
2: okay, you got it
1: all right I'll let you um, go you with your... go ahead and kick off? Okay. yeah, I'll let you go with your number three pick.
2: Okay, these are, to specify this list, this is specifically for Halloween candy, yes. correct? We're agreed in that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not just overall candy the rest of the year, because yeah. as we know, it varies.
1: What you would okay. want My top as a kid coming to the front porch on Halloween, on Halloween ringing the doorbell, the person opens the door, they grab into their their bucket or bowl of candy of sugary treats, and they drop it in, and you look to see what just dropped into your sack or your bucket or whatever you have, <laughs> your little jack-o-lan- plastic jack-o'-lantern. And these you are the three candies that picture. when you see them, your little heart fluttered a little bit.
2: You okay. knew my heart score. still flutters. By okay, the way. that's fair. Yeah. You're still it's trick still or treat. I'm still excited, and I also have health problems because of the candy I've eaten. <laughs> okay, my top three Halloween candy list coming in at number three. This is more of a general candy, but it cannot be disputed. Give me Starburst. Okay. Starburst is good in any situation. It is good in the summer. It is good at the ballpark. It is good when you're hanging out with friends and you just need a little sweet treat. You can eat a million of them or you can eat one and be satisfied no matter what. And you know what? Come Easter time, there's a jelly bean variation. And those are delicious too. You cannot beat Starburst. I'll take Starburst at number three.
1: Unless you continue to get yellows. I was on a yellow streak. That is a
2: caveat. Yeah,
1: I'm just saying I was on quite the yellow streak um this past year. It it was uh it was rather disappointing. Um I really contemplating moving That's away kind of from like Starburst our... at one point.
2: <laughs> but I, I stuck feel like with our it. Starburst color does uh our Starburst color destiny is kind of like our our version of horoscopes. It's like Oh, this is gonna be a tricky month for us. I've got two yellows here,
1: yeah, um, I finally, after a unnumbered amount of uh, starburst, finally hit on a double pink package, and uh mm-hmm. all things were right in the world, so
2: well, hey, they're for the people too, and they've got the all pink packages now anyway, so they See, know I what feel they're like doing. that's and uh, the favorites I mean,
1: yeah, I mean. A little cheap, but, hey, whatever. Just give everybody a participation <laughs> you trophy. You like a thrill. Yeah, let's just give the everybody a participation trophy. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the wussification okay, of America, as a certain sports broadcaster, <laughs> sports radio talk host in Oklahoma would say. Oh. Anyways, all right, okay. number two on Brad's
2: list. Number two on the top. Halloween candy list for Brad. Give me, screw you, Dan Orlovsky, the pumpkin shaped Reese's cups. Okay. Now, scientifically, do different shaped Reese's cups taste better? Probably not, but I don't even know what science is most of the time. And I'm telling you, those hit differently when they're shaped like a pumpkin or a little bunny on Easter. I mean, Christmas those tree. different shapes, they just yeah, it's variety is the spice of life. And um Oh.
1: Did we lose you? We lost Brad. Brad has gone away.
2: All right.
1: All right. You said Where are we? You said variety of life and then it dropped.
2: Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> so yes, give me the pumpkin reeses at number 2. All right. And are you ready for number 1?
1: I am because with reeses at number
2: 2, uh-huh.
1: I'm curious to see what sits atop the top 3 candy list for brad bollinger
2: hold on to your butts america and the world number one halloween candy for me now i want you to imagine autumn the leaves are changing colors there's a crisp breeze in the air Ooh, just lovely weather beautiful sights trees everywhere beautiful colors now you're in that mindset right Mm mm-hmm you know what completes that vision It makes everything come together and feel right? You know what makes life feel right on Halloween? Number one on Brad's Halloween candy list, Caramel Apple Pops. Ooh. That is right. Yes, sir. Balsam. Now, hey, the, uh, you know, the argument against them could probably, oh, well, they kind of get stuck in your teeth and meh, 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 me. You know what? Screw you. I don't want you in my house anyway. Give me back my pops if you don't like it. I will let those stick in my teeth for three days. That's how good they are. You get the caramel, and then you get that sweet apple crunch, and you can suck on those things for hours. I mean, where have you heard that before? But like, those are the perfect autumn and Halloween treat. Give me number one caramel apple pops, baby. Beat that! All right. Interesting. Did not
1: see that coming. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. My number three on my list is Skittles. Mm-hmm. Taste the rainbow. It's just a old faithful. And that's really that's what. That's between
2: my, Skittles and Starburst, honestly.
1: Which. Really is where my I mean my list resides in Old Faithfuls, Skittles. There's just something about uh, the the numerous taste, um, the different flavors that explode in your mouth between those hard-shelled candies. So, what? Why are you laughing? No reason. Skittles, in my mind, just it's old faithful. It's it's always there. It is. You know exactly what you're getting. There is no random. Like it's just it's steady.
2: You know there are the sunflower seeds of candy. You they just really pour are a handful, and you pop them in the mouth, and you're you're set, man. I I love them. You so maybe much. let Do them you build the up
1: a little bit in your in your cheek oh, a little yeah. bit. Let the flavors kind of
2: variation of Skittles. I mean, Cause I know they have a few.
1: I'm good with just the old red bag, but uh, I'm not okay. opposed to the others. I mean,
2: okay. Do you, can like you I'm... get down with the sour?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sour. Okay. I mean, that was a mainstay for teenage Steve. And probably if if I ate more candy today, it would, it'd probably be a staple as well. Number two on my list. Another Old Faithful. I'm going to go with M&M's. Just nothing wrong with some M&M's. Just handy chocolate.
2: Since on a trend here, but yeah. They're solid.
1: I I just, you can't go wrong with M&M's.
2: I'm not also s- the sunflower seeds of candy. Yeah. Like I said, I see what Steve's getting. I'm going with Old Faithful. (laughs) Steve just likes a million of, yeah. He just likes a million little things. It seems. Uh, Okay, variation of M&M. I mean, there's got to be a favorite.
1: I like the uh, peanut butter
2: M&Ms. Okay, yeah. Okay,
1: those are probably my favorite. But I mean, again, the black bag original, just milk chocolate inside a candy coating. Solid. Is it black or is it brown? Black, brown, whatever. Okay. Okay. I mean, does it matter?
2: <laughs> we all know what cool. I was talking about. I thought you would respect it more if it's on your list, but go ahead. All right. And number one,
1: I'm going to go with Reese's Cups. Mm-hmm. Again, just solid, old faithful, peanut butter, covered in chocolate. You can't mm. go wrong with it. Nope. I don't care what Dan Orlovsky says. When it comes to food, he he misses the mark big time. So in my opinion, Skittles, M&M's, Reese's Cups, those are the top three Halloween candies because I want to go to the old faithful, the sunflower seeds, what America was built on <laughs> when it came <laughs> To Halloween candy. It was those three. We're
2: getting like campaign Steve here for this list.
1: Real quick, my worst three, I just threw these together as well. Oh,
2: okay, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Number three, licorice.
2: Get Mm, out of here. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Number two, Tootsie Rolls. Mm, Get out of here. Okay. You're just cheap if you buy a bunch of Tootsie Rolls and start throwing. I don't even care if they're the longer ones. You're cheap. And the number one worst Halloween candy, candy corn. It's awful.
2: Okay. It's bad. Wow. That's uh, a revealing list too, by the way. Yeah.
1: Which is fine. I mean This is a safe space, right? It's a safe space. Yeah,
2: sure. Sure. I accept you for who you are. Yeah. Um okay, uh, a point to make about the worst candy. Um I despise black licorice, so I'm with you on that one. Okay. Do you remember what those the like the pink and white like Mike and Ike things, but they were black licorice. Do you remember what those were called? I do not. Okay. Uh, I'll figure it out. But those are awful. And also, Almond Joy, not for me. Yeah. Something about the coconut in the Almond Joys just don't taste good. I don't necessarily hate coconut.
1: There's no joy in the Joys. There's no joy.
2: There's no joy. But, yeah, um, no thank you. And one final question on this, because this is a passionate subject for me. You go to the movie theater. You get one candy to eat. What are you picking?
1: I'm going bunch of
2: crunch. Oh yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Um I'm yeah, I just I have a soft spot for, for bunch of crunch.
2: So do you lean chocolate over fruity? Typically,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean I will go the uh the sour straws or whatever. That was a big one for me at a younger age, but as I grow older it's just uh it's a little more difficult for me. I don't know why.
2: Okay, that's fair.
1: What? Where are you going with it? Where? I mean,
2: um, you're not gonna like this. Oh boy! But you know what? I don't care. Safe space. I love Until me some idea. effing Twizzlers. Okay. Twizzlers. Yeah. They're like little cigarettes. I can just hang them out of my mouth. <clears throat> I can bite into them and use them as a straw for my drink. I can be a kid all over again. And I, is something magical about having some uh, Twizzlers at the movies? Well, okay then. All
1: right, let's move into fantasy football.
2: Good and Plenty was the name of the candy. Sorry. Good
1: and Plenty. Interesting. Yes. I don't remember that. I'll send it to you later. Okay. All right, um Brad is four and two now in fantasy football. Big weekend, uh yeah. Uh Brad went <laughs> scored seventy three points off the back of Joe Burrow with thirty nine. Uh Damian Pierce fourteen or thirteen points, Tyreek Hill ten and a half, and David Njoku ten and a half as well. For me, Lamar Jackson. Might as well have just laid an egg. He ended up with nine points. Ramondre Stevenson with 18 points with a good performance there. Devontae Adams, 13 points as well. And then Zach Ertz went with five points. I ended with 45. Brad Wentz big, 73 to 45. And with that, we head into what is week seven for Brad and I on our fantasy football segment. And Brad, because we go golf rules, you have honors once again.
2: Okay, Uh, starting off this week, I'm taking Stephon Diggs versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, This one's going to be a primetime Sunday night affair, Uh, and the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a bye they have extra time to prepare for the Green Bay Packers who are struggling to find their own identity. I think the Bills keep rolling, and of course, Diggs gets his always, Stefan Diggs for me.
1: I like it. That was on my list uh, to, to grab. I knew you had not selected Stefan Diggs, had him listed, and of course, <laughs> first pick, had maybe. to take him first pick. Well done. Well done. All right, with the first pick for me, I'm going to jump over to running back and grab one that uh, is available to both of us still. I'm going to go with Derek Henry against the Houston Texans. Henry has really come on in the last few weeks, and uh, I think it will continue against the Texans this week. So Derrick Henry for okay. me.
2: And the division matchup. They know each other well. Yes. So yes, they do. He's used to running all over him. Um, yep. Okay. I'll go ahead. Since you took running back, I'll go ahead and take quarterback Tua Tagovailoa ah. at the Detroit Lions. <laughs> did I do it again? Oops. Yes, you did. Uh, this is Tua's second game back from his concussion injuries. Uh, I think this is a get-right game for him uh, against the 32nd-ranked defense in Detroit. I think the Dolphins get back on track. Um, I know they kind of had a disappointing week last week, only scoring 16. Started off hot and just kind of tapered out. I think they want to get the train back on the tracks here uh, and start adding those explosive plays uh, to their repertoire every week. So I will take Tua.
1: Against a Detroit defense that is uh, questionable. Abysmal. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, I guess I will go with quarterback as well. And I will try to pray and hope that the uh, success you saw last week, at least half of it, shows up this week. Joe Burrow against the Cleveland Browns.
2: Hey. I like it. I feel like once Joe gets rolling, then you're probably in a good position. It's terrifying. So yeah. He'll yep. put up some points for you. I, I'm sure he yes. will. It seems like Cincinnati's kind of figuring things out. Um I think that offensive you know, line has
1: finally started to, to settle in, uh has yes. some continuity. So I like for sure. Joe and the Bengals. The Bungles okay. against Cleveland. All right
2: good luck with that um i'm going with running back alvin kamara versus the las vegas raiders kamara is really uh the focal point of this offense with the battle of andy dalton and Jameis winston going on at quarterback uh, it's kind of painful to watch um kamara is forced to kind of carry the load there um the last three games he has at least six catches And as we know, catches are very valuable in fantasy football. So give me Alvin Kamara.
1: Good pick. Uh, It was also on my list if you would have gone running back and taken Derrick Henry first. So I do like Kamara uh, against the Raiders. All right, I'm going to go tight end. A guy that you had two weeks ago, George Kittle taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I think the... 49ers offense will once again uh, settle in a little bit now that Christian McCaffrey will have a full week of practice. Um, I think the target shares will settle in as well. And I think George will still be sitting there towards the top of that target share against the Rams. So George Kittle for me at tight end.
2: Okay. Uh, I will wrap it up with my tight end. Um, This is not a very sexy pick here but sometimes you just got to take it on the chin so give me greg dolchich from the denver broncos against the jacksonville jaguars uh they're actually playing in london this week and again there's a quarterback situation there brewing russell wilson's injury um will he play won't he play who knows whether it be russell wilson or ripon um in at quarterback um Dolchich has 12 targets in the last two games. He's kind of become that safety net for that offense. Um, not a lot of yardage, but hey, um, give me give me those targets and uh, hopefully some receptions, maybe throw in a red zone touchdown. Hopefully, but uh, not high hopes, but hey, I'll take it. Greg Dolchich.
1: All right, a little boom or bust there. Out of Brad taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, I'm going to wrap things up with Justin Jefferson at wide receiver against the Arizona Cardinals. Vikings, a little sneaky, six and one on the season so far. Mm-hmm. And Jefferson is a beast. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson to wrap it up. So in a summary, Joe Burrow, Derrick Henry, Jeff- Justin Jefferson, and george kittle for me
2: brad i have tua alvin kamara stefan diggs and greg Dolchich. Dolchich. all right may the best man win good luck brad I really speaking hope you you don't. of best man let's really get to against you the win. spread. makes this even better Steve what's that guess what I've got right now on camera
0: oh good for you
2: what's that I've got the big gold belt to establish Boo! my dominance. Oh, it's glorious, baby. It feels so good. So good.
0: Boo! that's so <laughs> right, get your asses out of here. Sorry.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. What's wrong, Steve? Something happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. America's favorite. Portion of game on against the spread competition. How'd, Steve, you want to go over what happened last week? How'd you do last week, Brad? Well, Steve, funny you ask. Um, let me check my notes here. Uh, it says 3 and 0. Oh. Um, is that good?
0: Oh, I think it's good. good. For you.
2: I went undefeated. And you know what? Just for a little bit of a cherry on top, 2 and 1 in Brad's bonus picks, too. So that's kind of like a five-in-one weekend, isn't it? That's just, ah. ah it felt so good. How'd you do, Steve? The I the best I didn't you've keep track. done in like three weeks combined. How'd you do, Steve? I didn't keep track.
0: Struggling.
2: <laughs> I'm acting like I don't have a full breakdown of your picks here. Yeah,
1: I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: what was, it was a little like <clears throat> this.
0: That
1: stands for bend over here. It comes again. Yeah, I, I went 0-3. Uh, and, 3. Mm. and uh, mm. yeah, it, it just wasn't good.
2: Well, was it at least close? No, it was not oh, close. Oh. Um, I'm sorry.
1: Heck, one of the coaches got fired. Um, yeah, sorry you about a that job. Uh, Will Helley.
2: Oh. Yeah. um, um do you happen to know how many I think that's a points? first
1: in game on sports game on pod <laughs> history um for a coach to be fired after we selected them to win. Oh, win.
2: Man I had 14 and a half 14 point and a half favorites? point
1: favorites as well. <laughs> yes. Charlotte. Uh the 49ers. of Charlotte. Uh, 14 and a
2: and, half. Uh, a fun fact for the Against audience,
1: a one-win uh, team. Yeah.
2: Steve's uh, three picks lost by a combined 65 points. That, if uh, you're keeping track at home. Yeah.
1: LSU won outright. 45-20. Mm. They were giving a point-and-a-half to Ole Miss.
2: Almost. Needed more
1: than that. <laughs> needed a little more than that, Brad. Uh yeah. Gus Malzahn, I I don't know why I trust anybody from Arkansas.
2: You never learn.
1: Um yeah, Gus and the Knights lost to East Carolina 34-13. And uh Brad, mm. to wrap that up, uh like we mentioned, Charlotte, uh, fourteen and a half point favorites, they lost.
2: Thirty-four to fifteen. And that was generous. <laughs> I do believe it was thirty-four to zero. Thirty-four now, towards the end of the
1: game. Yeah, thirty-four okay. nothing. At
2: half, you sounded, you sounded like a little confident in that fifteen number there. At so I had to like time, make sure we all knew. It. They they didn't lose.
1: They just ran out of time, Brad.
2: Yeah, you're right. They dominated the fourth quarter.
1: They just ran out of time. 15 nothing in the fourth.
2: It's a sign of a good coach team, right? Oh. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, again, you have honors, so
2: hmm. go ahead. Okay. Um, you want to go one at a time here or just run through all three?
1: I'll just let you go
2: all three. That way
1: it makes yeah, it just... easier for you to edit on TikTok.
2: Just let me go. Uh, I got the hot hand here, you know? Feed me the rock. Don't worry, Steve. You can ride my coattails this week here. Oh, boy. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my first pick of the week is Syracuse. Minus two and a half at home against Notre Dame. Uh, This game is in the Carrier Dome, and that place is a different world um Syracuse is a really really good team this year they're six and one and last week they blew a victory over Clemson at Clemson uh they really you know controlled a majority of that game um blew it at the end when the backup came in for Clemson uh but they are led by good quarterback play from um the quarterback Schrader uh defense is giving up only 15 points per game um Notre Dame I'm not buying it um, never really do, but this year, especially, uh, they have losses against teams like Marshall and Stanford, um, and the Irish haven't played a true away game, uh, in over a month. So I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of a culture shock heading up to Syracuse in that, in that dome. So give me Syracuse orange minus two and a half versus Notre Dame. My second pick, I'm moving on up to Sunday in the NFL. I am going with the San Francisco 49ers minus one and a half at the Los Angeles Rams. I am really concerned with the Rams offensive line. Uh, Matthew Stafford's general health is in danger at all times. Um, San Francisco's defense is going to eat them alive. Uh, CMC got a full week at practice this week. He'll be in a lot more packages and you could see glimpses of, you know, how they're gonna use him so uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see another uh, week of Christian McCaffrey uh, in San Francisco and of course the games in LA uh, and those 49er faithful will make that a home game for San Francisco one and a half points is not enough I am happy to take San Francisco minus one and a half uh, finally I am staying in the NFL and we are going over to London across the pond I'm taking the Jags minus two and a half versus the Denver Broncos. This game's at Wembley Stadium. Um, Denver is just already struggling and looks like they're in mud each week. So mm-hmm. heading over there and uh, foggy London is not going to help them by any means. Uh, Travis Etienne's emergence as the lead back after James Robinson getting traded to the New York Jets, I think that's going to boost his self confidence even more. He's having a great last few weeks. I think they're going to continue uh, utilizing him. Denver offense only producing 14 points per game. Is Wilson going to be out? Is Ripping going to play? Who knows? Lots of questions there. Uh, Jacksonville has five losses on the year, but all of their losses have been a one possession game. So uh, I, I like what Doug Peterson is doing down there in Jacksonville. So give me the Jags minus two and a half versus Denver.
1: All right. Two NFL games for Brad. Mm-hmm. Dangerous, my friend. Dangerous. <laughs> oh, all right. <sighs> Gotta get my mind right, Brad.
2: Georgia Southern. No. Oh, okay. Not a chance. UCF. Guess miles on.
1: We have learned. Nope. Staying away from them too. <laughs> staying away from them.
2: You know where going I'm going go? to go? Yukon.
1: You went overseas? I'm going mm-hmm. overseas, Brad. Mm-hmm. But I'm going the other way. Pacific. Wyoming. Wyoming. Brad, the Cowboys. You know the Cowboys? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yep. You know where they're heading? Hawaii. 11 and a half point favorites are the Wyoming Cowboys. Five and three on the season. They head to Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors coming off a loss to Colorado State University, 17-13. Hawaii, I don't know if you know this about Colorado State, Brad, but they're not very good. Mm -hmm. They're bad. Hawaii is in disarray right now. And Hawaii lost to them. Okay? So I'm going to go with the Cowboys 11.5-point favorites to lead things off in this against the spread because you know what seems to work for me sometimes? Hasn't recently, but maybe i got to stay with it. These random games. That's fair. So, Wyoming, 11.5-point favorites. All right, now I'm going to go back to central part of the United States. I'm going to go to the Big 12, Brad. Saturday morning, 11 a.m., this one's more not. Central part, but it's Big 12. TCU Horn Frogs, seven and a half point favorites at the Mountaineers of West Virginia. Max Duggan, he might be for real this year, Brad. 19 touchdowns, one interception, nearly 1,900 yards. I like the Horn Frogs in this game at West Virginia. And it might spell the end for Neil Brown. Yes, thank you.
2: Is Steve going to take out another coach? Find out. Check back next week. This Saturday.
1: (laughs) And to wrap things up, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. (laughs) One and a half point dogs at Kansas State this week. Questions on if Adrian Martinez is going to play. I like the Cowboys, Brad.
2: Are they getting just disrespected week in and week it out? It seems
1: like it. And and it's not like they're doing it flashy. I would argue they're not even, like, an amazingly great team by any means. But they continue to win. They should have won at TCU in overtime. Mm-hmm. They beat Texas last week. They've got Kansas State this week in the little apple. And I just think they're going to continue. Mike Gundy has built a solid program in Stillwater. I like them, especially as one and a half point dogs at Kansas State this week. So there's my picks. they
2: They beat. Texas last week with a handful of injuries, too.
1: Yes, uh, I did. mean,
2: they're they're missing some key guys, and, you know, they still grinded it out. And like you said, it's not pretty, but they are getting the job done, and I just don't understand. I think people are just waiting for this, this you know, other shoe to drop here, but it's just not dropping. I mean, they are just plugging away and winning games. So I'm going to keep riding with them, so I like that pick. Uh, i got to keep riding with them until, it, you know, it doesn't work.
1: All right, so to recap, I have TCU, 7.5-point favorites at West Virginia, Oklahoma State, 1.5-point dogs at Kansas State, and the Wyoming Cowboys heading on the road, 11.5-point favorites at Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors. Brad?
2: Yes, sir. I have Syracuse, minus 2.5, versus Notre Dame. I moved on to the NFL and took San Francisco minus one and a half at the Rams. And finally, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars minus two and a half versus the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, early morning game. And I'm going 3-0 and again and taking the lead.
1: You're doing the thing, aren't you?
2: I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. Oh, what a glorious week!
0: Glorious! No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend.
1: I will defend. And I'll do what I must. No, I won't give in. This has been Game On. Follow us on Twitter at GameOnGuys, Facebook GameOnPod, TikTok GameOnPod. You can email us at emailgameon at gmail.com. And find us online, visit our website, gameonguys.wordpress.com. I'm Steve Braun, that's Brad Bollinger, this has been Game On.